Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to join us. This is the first part of our brand new series called Asking for a Friend. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, enjoy. This is the second decade for Kingdom Church now. I can say that. Wow. What a time to be alive, even though our church is still very, very new. Uh, we're just so happy you guys could be here. Uh, we're starting a brand new series uh, today. It's called Asking for a Friend, and this series uh, is going to go the whole month of January. And the purpose for this series, what we are doing, is we are going to be answering uh, just a lot of questions that people have about church, questions people have about Christianity, things that maybe you're too afraid to ask in church. And the reason we're calling Asking for a Friend is because, like, you know, it's not my question I'm asking for a friend of a friend of mine. And so uh, we're just so excited for this series. We want you guys to be here for this whole series. It's the whole month of January. We want you guys to invite your friends uh, because what we're doing is we're answering tough questions. Next week, we want you to come back. We're going to be looking at the question of why are there so many religions? There are over 4,000 religions in the world. Like, are they all right? Are none of them right? Like, how can we know? That's next week. In week three, we're going to look at the church. Like, what is the purpose of church? Why do I even need church? Uh, and week four, a uh, big question that we're going to be answering is, how can good people go to hell? What's the deal with hell? And so I'm going to call that message, what the hell? <laughs> That's week four. And uh, we want you guys uh, to be here for this series. And, and more than that, like, we want to give you guys tools, if you're a Christian, uh, to answer hard questions. But even more than that, we know you have people in your life. Maybe it's family members, maybe it's friends, maybe it's people that have left the church because of questions that are hard. We want you to invite them for this series because we believe that we're going to give some answers uh, to hard questions. So this morning, uh, as we begin, we're going to be looking at the question of this. Why are Christians so judgmental? Why are Christians so judgmental? Anyone ever felt that before? Had that question? Why, why, why do Christians just judge? That's the question we're looking at this morning. Um, as we begin... I want to ask a question to you guys. Have you guys ever been in a dilemma before? Anyone ever been in a dilemma? Like you, you do, uh, I should stop. If you're new to Kingdom Church, when I ask questions, here's the beauty of our church. You're allowed to talk back. You can get as loud as you want. So I'm going to ask a question again. How many guys have ever been in a dilemma before? A, f- a few people. I was, I was in a dilemma recently. Uh, this was just after Christmas, and I was, at line, I was in line at a Tim Hortons drive-thru. And it was one of those drive-thrus that has two separate lanes. Have you guys seen those? This is a new invention. I don't know if it really speeds things up, but because they still go one at a time. Uh, But there's two lanes. So I'm in one lane, and there's this SUV, this gray SUV in the lane beside me. And uh, behind this SUV was a white truck. And this white truck did something that I have never seen or experienced in my life before. You guys ready? This guy in the white truck, he laid his horn down because the guy in the silver SUV was taking too long. Anyone seen that before? I've never seen that before. Like, I've seen people honk their horns, like, in very different situations. I've been at line before at Tim Hortons, and I've been tempted to honk my horn, but I'm not crazy. And so I've never seen this. This is like two days after Christmas, so the Christmas spirit is gone, right? It's like, where's my coffee? And so I'm like, wow, white truck, you are a psycho. Uh, and so what happens is eventually this guy in the gray uh, SUV, he moves forward. And uh, then the guy in the white truck, I think to prove a point, he orders in like 0.5 of a second. I don't know what he said I can't hear, but I'm like double-double. And, and he's just gone. And so he just then pulls forward. But what happens is the guy in the silver SUV, 
uh, I guess apparently he didn't like being honked at too much, and so he got out of his car. And so I'm in my car, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> the lady's like, excuse me, sir, are you still there? I'm like, hold on one second. And so the guy gets out of his SUV, and he turns to the guy in the white truck, and he's like, hey. He's like, they were just confirming my order. That's it. And like, I'm team SUV. Because like, you know, sometimes Tim Hortons takes long. And uh, so then I'm kind of blocked out by my lane perfectly. I cannot see the guy in the white truck. And I can't hear what he's saying. Um, But all I know is that he said something that really ticked off this guy in the SUV. And so the guy in the SUV said, are you blanking kidding me? And he started taking a few steps towards the white truck. And so I'm sitting in my car, and I'm like, man, these are now like the videos I watch on Facebook. <laughs> like, I'm in one of these things now. But as like I think they're about to throw down, I'm caught in a dilemma. Because I've seen the whole situation. I'm just watching. And a lot of times when I look at videos online, I'm like, what kind of a person will just sit there and like record when something's happening? <laughs> but now I'm in this situation. I'm not recording. But I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Because I have two options. Number one, I go out there, and I'm not really sure what I would do. Like, not break it up. Maybe just be like, guys, can we pray about this for a second? <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do if I, if I went out there. That's option number one. Option number two is I just sit in my car and enjoy the show. But you see, like, I'm, I'm a pastor and a man of God, and so if someone gets punched out on my watch, like, I'll feel bad about it. But at the same time, like, This dude honked, and only a crazy person would honk, and so I don't want to get involved with a crazy person. And so, like, I was really caught in a dilemma. You guys know what I'm saying? Anyone ever been caught in a dilemma before? So where we're going this morning, and and, and to to close the story, uh, they didn't end up fighting. Cooler heads prevailed. Praise the Lord. Uh, I didn't have to do anything, but it was was a dilemma. Uh, We're going to get back to that idea of the dilemma. Keep that dilemma in your mind. The question we're asking this morning is, why are Christians so judgmental? You see, it's interesting because for a lot of people, when they they think of Christianity, they think of church, they think of God, it's like, well, I think people don't come to church or or don't want anything to do with God because of, you know, science. Science is just, it's too much, there's there's too much evidence, or, or some people are like, man, the church is corrupt, or I don't need church, I don't believe in God. And so a lot of people have these ideas for why people stay away from church, people stay away from Christianity. But one thing that I have come to believe to be true, I think perhaps one of the biggest reasons that people stay away from Christianity is because Christians are judgmental. We've all heard this before. Mahatma Gandhi, uh, a famous person from my home country, you may have heard of him. He has a quote, he said this. He said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. In other words, Christians are judgmental. The prophet Kanye West, in his latest gospel album, (laughs) Kanye West, in his gospel album, said, Christians be the first ones to judge me. How many of you guys know that song? You see, there's this idea that Christians are judgmental. But what's so interesting is when you read the Bible, when you you see Jesus, Jesus, this dude that the, the, the whole Christianity comes from, he seems to be the opposite of judgmental. He's loving, he's he's a champion for the oppressed, for the poor, for the marginalized. So how did his followers get this reputation of being judgmental? Where did this come from? And so this morning, I want to really dive into this question. Number one, why are Christians judgmental? 
and more so, what does the Bible actually speak when it comes to judging other people? I want us to read two verses. The first is found in Matthew chapter 7, and it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged with the measure that you use. It will be measured to you. This seems straightforward, right? Jesus says, do not judge. So why do Christians judge? Let's read another Bible verse. 1 Timothy chapter 5 says this. It says, as for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all. Come on, somebody. So that the rest may stand in fear. Anyone a little confused? We got two different Bible verses. One says don't judge, and the other says y'all better judge them so hard they're scared. So we ask the question, where do Christians, why are Christians so judgmental? Where does it come from? Well, the answer is, is simple, kind of. It comes from the Bible. Now, you're going to need to stick with me for the next 20 minutes or so for it all to make sense. But I'm going to give you guys the answer to the question of why are Christians so judgmental. It's because the Bible tells them to be. It's going to make sense. But here's the real answer to the question. The question is, well, why are Christians judgmental? Here's the second question. Are Christians supposed to be judgmental? Here's the answer. Yes, they are. And no, they're not. You guys ready for a journey this morning? It's all going to make sense. Why are Christians so judgmental? So again, this is a dilemma, right? We have two different options. One says judge, one says do not judge. And we're kind of caught in the middle. What, what do I do? Because both things kind of seem right. This is Jesus speaking in one. This is the Apostle Paul speaking in the other. Both kind of seem good. But what we're going to see this morning when it comes to being judgmental, what we need to understand is that as a Christian, you're not supposed to judge and you are supposed to judge. And how we know between the two situations what we are to do, it all comes down to the situation. It all comes down to the situation. Now, before we begin, I want us to give us a biblical definition of what it means to judge. Now, for a lot of people, you guys have a picture in your head what it means to be judgmental. I want to tell you what the Bible says when it speaks about judging. The Greek word, come on, how smart am I? The Greek word, Google, baby. The Greek word that the Bible uses for judging is krino. And literally what this word means, it means to distinguish between right and wrong or to separate. That's the most basic definition of when the Bible speaks about judging, that's what it's saying. You are to, when, it means, when it says you are to judge, you are to not to judge, that means you are to distinguish what is right and distinguish what is wrong. That's judgmental. So whatever picture you guys have in your head, because a lot of us have different pictures, this is the biblical picture. Everyone following? We're all on the same page? So the Bible says to judge, not to judge. But what we need to see and what we need to understand is that when it comes to whether we judge or whether we do not judge, it all comes down to the situation. If you're taking notes, you can write this one down. Context is everything. Context is everything. This is a biblical principle, especially when you read the Bible. Because you can look at the Bible and say, wait a second, does the Bible contradict itself? No. The Bible is speaking into two very different situations. Context is everything. You are to judge in certain times, and in certain times, you are not to judge. I think Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, or chapter 5, verse 12, he breaks it down very simple. I hope this helps us. He says this. He says, what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? So breaking it down very, very simply, what Paul is saying is, as a believer, you have no grounds to judge someone outside of the church. 
Everyone following? So if you profess to be a Christian and you see someone who is not a Christian, you do not have grounds to judge them. And when we know what judging means, it means determining what is right and wrong. And so what that means, what he's saying as Christians, you do not impose your morality on someone who does not believe the same as you. If we understand this, this can save us a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. I'll break it down. You're like, Pastor, what does that look like? The Bible is very clear on things like sexuality. What the Bible distinguishes okay for sex. And this is not a sex sermon, so I'll keep it very simple. But sex, uh, biblically speaking, uh, is designed in the context of marriage between a husband and a wife. That's it. That's all. We can come talk after if you have more questions. Now, what Paul is saying, as a Christian, if you hold these values to be true, that is great. But you have no grounds to hold those values to someone who does not profess to be a believer. And so what does that look like? If you have a coworker, you're a Christian, that is sleeping with his girlfriend, you cannot say, Jim, can I talk to you for a second? Do you know what the Bible says about premarital sex? Paul says you have no grounds to judge outsiders. Everyone following? And the Bible doesn't just speak on sex. There's many things. It speaks on drunkenness. It speaks on idolatry. What is idolatry? It's worshiping other things. Ryan kind of touched on it. We live in a culture that worships things. They worship success. 2020 is the year of me. I'm a crush. As a believer, though, we have no right to speak morality into the lives of people that do not believe the same as we believe. Is everyone following? The Bible is very clear on that. And so for a lot of us, this then brings up a dilemma, though, especially if you're a believer. You want to know what the dilemma is? If something is wrong, is it not then always wrong? If I know something's wrong, is it not immoral of me not to tell someone when they're doing something wrong? And for a lot of people, they just can't help themselves. Y'all ever been on the Facebook comments before? YouTube comments? Like, I see Christians in there debating people. Like, I get missionaries in a foreign field, but like, Facebook comments, not really a missionary field. And people are going in there debating. Well, do you know what the Bible says about this and says about that? Paul would say, what are you doing? We, we are not to judge outsiders. That's not our job. Because get this, here's the dilemma. If it's always wrong, must, doesn't that mean I have to tell people it's wrong? Here's the thing. The right thing at the wrong time ceases to be the right thing. Come on, somebody, write that one down. <laughs> the right thing, I'll say it again in a second. I got more, don't worry. I'll tell you guys a story to illustrate it. Before our church started uh, last year and a half ago, about a year and a half, uh, we did a thing called a run-through service. And so with our team and their families, we put on a whole service before we actually launched. Because when we launched, we wanted to make sure we knew what we were doing. And so I actually preached like a full message. And, and as I was preaching, uh, I was going like on a strand, and sometimes I speak hypothetically, I, I might today, I'm not sure, uh, where it's like you look at a situation, but it's not real, but you kind of just like preach on it. So I was kind of on this strand where I was like, man, how many of you guys ever feel like God abandoned you? And I'm like, you feel like, man, God, you're the worst. God, I, I hate you, God. And I was just kind of going on this rant, like hypothetical. And in the midst of that, like I said something like, God is the worst. Some lady shouted out, amen. Now, she's English, second language, and uh, it was a mistake. And it was, it was kind of funny. But here's the thing I, I want to tell you guys. Um, I told you guys today, and I tell our team constantly, um, I say, we are a church that makes noise, right? I say, if you like something, let me know. If I say something good, let me know. Like, make noise. Like, come on, somebody. And that's like, and in our run-through service especially, right? It's like, make noise. Like, when people get here, you got to get loud. And so, technically, listen to this. Technically, 
she was doing the right thing. I could have been like, shh. She'd have been like, Pastor, didn't she say it to make noise? But here's the thing. The right thing at the wrong time ceases to be the right thing. Do you guys see what I'm saying? And so Paul, speaking on morality, what, what, what God distinguishes between right and wrong, he says, guess what? It's always the right thing, but the right thing at the wrong time will cease to be the right thing. And so one of the reasons people have this picture of Christianity, like I don't want to get anywhere near it, is because we have too many people speaking the right things at the wrong time. And that's what Paul says. That's how Paul breaks it down. But for a lot of us, it's like, oh man, like if I don't tell people to change their behavior, how will they know Jesus? If I don't get people acting right, how will they know Jesus? Get this, our job as believers is not to change people's behaviors, it's to point them to the Savior. That's our job. Well, how will they know? Look what Jesus says. You guys think I got bars? Jesus got more. John 13 says this. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this. Someone shout by this. By this, this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. I must have missed the part where Jesus said it's by telling people what's right and wrong. He says, by loving others, that is how they will know that you are my disciples. That's how. You see, when Christianity really started, when Jesus was on earth in the first century, I think that the reason that the church exploded, the reason the message of Christ was irresistible, was because the early believers were not so much focused on how are people living, but how can we actually affect people's lives? How can we love people practically? The early church, you wanna know what they did? They actually loved people. You wanna reach unchurched people? Love them. That's it. The early church, they would literally sell their homes because they're like, man, I wanna give money to poor people. They would live together to save money because it's like, man, let's just, let's practically love. Let's actually care about people. Get this. You want to change the world? Care about people. You want to change the world? Love people. Love people unconditionally. Because get this, friends. People do not care so much about what you believe, but they care more about what you actually think about them. I don't care what you believe. I want to know you care about me. That's what people actually care about. How do you feel about me? And so the reason that Christians get in trouble, they're labeled as judgmental, a lot of times... And sometimes people say the wrong things at the wrong time. You guys know that? Sometimes it's just wrong stuff. Like, yo, I don't know what Bible you're reading. But a lot of times it's the right thing in the wrong time. And so it seems straightforward, right? All right, close the book up. But there is still a second half to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. If we go back, he said this. He says, what do I have to do with judging outsiders? So we know this. It's not our job. Everyone on the same page? You call yourself a Christian, not your job you got bigger things to worry about. But look at part two. Part two says this. He says, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? So we know I don't judge outsiders. People in the church, I do judge. Now, this can get very tricky because I'm going to be honest. I think this idea of being judgmental, it doesn't so much come from people that have never been in church, but a lot of time it's from people who have been in church. They've been burnt and they left. Can I ask you guys a question? You don't have to raise your hand, but any of you guys that have been to church for a long time, have you ever been hurt by someone that was in church? You felt like they were judgmental? I remember one time um, I was preaching, and uh, I was actually wearing these very boots. Uh, different church, different time. 
uh, I was wearing these boots and some khaki pants. And after I spoke, uh, I went to shake this lady's hand, older lady. Uh, I went to shake her hand, and uh, I just said, hello, thank you, whatever. And uh, she didn't say a word to me. She went like this, looked me up and down, and turned around. And I was like, thank you so much. It's great to meet you. Uh, but hold on for a second, though. And I'll make one thing clear. The Bible, if you're looking for the verse about boots and khaki pants uh, and pastors, it's not in there. Uh, you're not going to find it. Not even in, like, the, the message Bible. It's not in there. Uh, but I want to I I just suppose for a second. Let's just suppose what I was doing was actually wrong. Like, you're not supposed to wear that kind of thing. Isn't this lady within her bounds to judge me? Because that's what it says, right? Judge those inside the church. Now, if, if situation, if context is important, we know that outside, inside. For those of us inside the church, because some of you guys are like, I'm ready to judge. Like, come on. I got some things to say. I want us to understand something just as important. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Paul says this. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Now, I want to look at gently in a second, but I want to see the first part because Paul says something very interesting. He says, brothers and sisters and those who live by the Spirit. So when it comes to judging those in the church, because some of y'all think you're ready to roll, just as important as context is this next word, which is relationship. It's relationship. What Paul is saying is that if you want to begin to judge people, you have to have a relationship with them. So it's not open season. Just because you guys are in this room right now, just because maybe you're even sitting beside someone, it does not give you grounds to judge them. It comes down to relationship. I love what Paul says, his brothers and sisters, those who are in the same spirit. One rule I make to myself is unless I have a relationship where I can actually say, that person's my brother, that person's my sister, we're close, I really don't have grounds to speak into their lives judgmentally because I haven't established that relationship. And so this is another area where Christians have gotten in trouble historically because they have thought anyone who believes the same thing as me, they're open season. And i got to tell them how to live. But Paul says relationship is very, very important. You see, accountability, that's what this is. When it comes to judgmental, like why does God call us judge in the first place? It's because God wants us to be accountable to people. I'm kind of going against judging, but can I tell you guys something? There's also a very, very positive things to have people in your life that will judge you. You need people in your life that will judge you. To say, guess what, Harrison, you acting a fool. Guess what, that was stupid. Guess what, that joke you told in church, a little too far. You need people that will hold you accountable. But get this, accountability only goes as deep as the relationship. You can only hold someone accountable for how deep your relationship goes. One, one, one rule of thumb I try to live by, and I don't always do it well, is that before I try to correct anyone, I want to make sure I put something in. I want to I invest before I take out. You see, so many of us, we take out. We take out. We take out. And we never put in. And what happens when you invest in people, people then begin to trust you. People begin to believe, man, this person is for me. If someone knows that you love them, if you are for them, that you're their friend, guess what? You can actually correct them. Because they realize, man, there's equity there. We've actually built a relationship. 
But how many of you guys have ever been judged by someone you don't know? You know how it comes across? Judgmental. You know how you react? Angry. Defensive. You don't know me. You don't know my family. I remember uh, back in, I think, May, I was at Save On Foods behind my house, and I was dropping Christy off, and, um, you know, right to the front door. She was three weeks pregnant, so didn't want her to run very much. Um, so I took her right to the door, and I dropped her there, and uh, I just stayed there parked. Anyone done this move before? Stayed there parked, waiting for her, and it was, you know, summertime, so I had my window down. Just sitting there, listening to Coldplay, enjoying life, and uh, some person uh, walks by and uh, looks into my window and kind of looks forward. I'm like, over here. Like, Only an idiot would park in the emergency lane. It's like, excuse me? And uh, I didn't know what to do, but I'm a man of God, so I just, <laughs> I just said very condescendingly, have a great morning. Um, and I didn't move. Come on, somebody, I didn't move. Uh, now, despite the fact this person is very rude, uh, can I tell you something? What I was doing is technically illegal. Like, you're not allowed to be in the emergency lane, right? But what's funny, though, is like someone can tell you the right thing, but if it's, there's no relational equity, if you don't know them, do you want to know what your, your response is, generally speaking? We get defensive. And a lot of times we act in defiance. This is why so many young people leave church. It's because someone old told them when they were 17 to stop acting a fool. But they didn't even know that person. And so our natural reaction as people is like, I'm going to go in the opposite way. You want to see bad? I'll show you bad. It's like, I'm an idol as well in the emergency lane. Pollute the environment. I've got to show you what's wrong. That's, that's our reaction. Because listen to this, friends. Correction without relationship will always come across as judgmental, and hurtful. Doesn't matter if you believe the same thing. That's what Paul's trying to say. Y'all can believe the same thing, but if you don't know each other, if that's not your brother, if that's not your sister, it's going to come across as judgmental and hurtful. That's the reason Christians get in trouble, is because they try to judge without having relational equity. Now, here's the thing as well. You can be in relationship. These guys are your bros, your brother, and your sister, but let's go back to Galatians chapter 6. Because this is the part I want to see. It says, even if those are your brothers and your sisters, they're caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore them gently. What's the word? Gently. Even in a relationship, you need to gently do it. There's a way to actually correct people. There's a, there's a tactful way to do it. And so if context is important, if, situation is, if context and um, relationship is important, the last thing I want us to see is approach. Because listen to this, there is people in your life that the Bible gives us grounds to judge, vice versa. But when you do it, you have to have the proper approach. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 says this. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So he's giving us the way for how we correct people. It's super simple. We do it with truth. And with love. We do it with truth and love. Everyone following? You see, for a lot of people, it's hard because we think I have to give the truth. But can I tell you something? Get your notepads ready. Truth without love ceases to be truth. 
Here's the opposite end of the spectrum. Because some people are like, man, I think I just got to love. Like these guys are baptized. They believe in Jesus, but they're still crazy. I just got to love them. On the flip side, love without truth ceases to be love. Is everyone following? It's, it's, a, it's a balance. And so Paul says, anytime we correct people, it must be both in truth and in love. That's the way to do it. You see, we're speaking about accountability. Can I tell us something, brothers and sisters? We need people in our lives that will keep us accountable. I need someone in my life that will keep me accountable because I know my tendency. And my tendency is to go away from God. My tendency is to do things in life that I shouldn't be doing. I put it like this. All of us have a blind spot. You guys know what a blind spot is? It's things that you can't see yourselves, we can't see ourselves, but other people see it. Some of y'all thinking of your friends right now, like, yeah, I know their blind spot. Same thing over and over again. But I have a blind spot, and you have a blind spot. And so the Bible teaches and the Bible preaches accountability because we need people in our lives that love us enough to lead us to truth. You need someone in your life that loves you enough to lead you to truth. And the reason that God wants us to live in truth is because everything that he wants for us is what's best for us. He is the author of our lives, the author of creation, the author of salvation. So he knows what's good and what's not so good for us. We all have blind spots and we have people that have to love us enough to say, hey, guess what? You fell short. You messed up. That was wrong. It's like I remember when I was in school, last story, um, I had a class called homiletics and it was a preaching class. And our class was pretty small. There was like nine of us. And so we were all pretty close enough to, to tell each other what's up. And so we had this guy in our class. I don't know why. He had this nervous thing that when he would speak, he would do this weird thing with his mouth. Do you guys want to see it? He would like, whenever he finished a sentence, he would kind of just like go like this. Do you guys see that? I'm not doing it again. And so like we all saw it, right? Like we all saw it. Like what is that? But like our class is close enough that like we can kind of say things, but like we weren't that close. But like our teacher, our professor, and his job is to make us the best preachers possible. After we all gave our critiques, you know, like have a better conclusion, all this thing, our teacher said something. I was kind of shocked. Uh, he was like, hey, he's like, you do a thing with your mouth. It's weird. He's like, and you need to stop. Now, the reason he did that in the first place was because he loved us, because he loved him. Because he loved him enough to make him the best preacher possible. To say, hey, guess what? you got to stop doing that. And so the point I'm trying to make, it's a funny story, is that you need people in your life that you trust enough, that you loved enough to say, hey, you make weird faces. Listen, one thing we're big on starting up in a few weeks is Kingdom Cruise. What's a Kingdom Crew? It's a small group. Our church is huge on small groups. The reason we do Kingdom Cruise and the reason we want you to join one, we want you to start one, is because we want you to walk in life with people to not walk in life alone. Can I tell you something I believe to be true? There are so many Christian brothers and sisters that have made tremendous mistakes, that have fallen for, from grace, and they would not have fallen had they had people that could speak into their lives. Had people that could have said, man, you gotta stop doing that. That's inappropriate. God, God wants more for you. I'm so thankful for our church. We have elders. We have pastors outside of our church, and their strict relationship to me, other than loving me, is to keep me accountable. And to say, Harrison, you got to, this is what you got to do. This is what God wants out of you. You need people in your life like that, and it can save us from so much hurt, so much heartbreak, to have people that will actually judge you. And so that's kind of how I wanted to finish the message, to go both ways. To say we have no grounds to judge those 
that we do not know, that we have no relational equity with. But at the same time, that's what I said. The Bible says, do not judge, but also to judge. You need to have people in your life that love you enough to judge you and say, hey, what you're doing is not right, what you're doing is not wrong. But here's the beauty. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is both grace and truth. He's both love and truth. And so a lot of times when you get hit with the truth, it can hurt, right? No one likes to be told they've fallen short. No one likes to be told that, man, you're just not doing well enough. That's the truth aspect. But here's the grace aspect of it. The grace aspect of Jesus says that all who come to him, he is faithful and righteous to forgive. It says a righteous person may fall seven times. Come on, somebody. But Jesus is there every single time. He's there with love. He's there with grace. And he's there with truth. And so I want to encourage every single one of us as we start this new year, as we start this new series, to lean into the Jesus who is both grace and truth. And to lean into his promises. For those of us, maybe there are people here this morning, you've been hurt in the past. You've been hurt by people that call themselves followers of Jesus. This morning, I want to encourage us. Let's put our hurt behind us. Let's put those people behind us that have hurt us, and let's focus on Jesus. The one who is fully grace, the one who is fully truth. Come on, let's stand for a second. Right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We just want to give people an invitation, an invitation to accept Jesus into their life as Lord and Savior, to accept this one who is grace and truth, the one who is always there, the one who is there at the beginning, the one who is there at the end, the one who has been there in our times of rebel and our times of faithfulness. Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never made a decision for Jesus, we want to give you the opportunity. With every head bowed, every eye closed, it is super simple. All we ask you to do is raise your hand. I ask a simple question, do you want to give your life to Jesus? If that's you, you raise your hand. We pray together, and while you're saying is, Harrison, count me in that prayer. I want Jesus in my life. I want to make him the author of my life. Right now, every single person that's made that decision before you is praying for you right now. They're praying that the Holy Spirit would speak into your life, speak truth into your life. When I count down from three, just show me your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. In three, two, one, just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Everyone say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins. And I give you my sins. God, I pray today that you make me a new creation. I love you, Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for everyone that made that decision. Thanks so much for listening to that message. We hope you were encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, if you would like to visit us in person, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and plan your visit today. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.